Lord God, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercies. And Lord, as we come before you, um, we pray your spirit again, just teach us your word. May you speak to our hearts and our minds. Minister to us as we, as we hear your word, we pray. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I forgot this was New Year's Eve. Uh, my, my, one of my daughters texted me this morning like, you know, so what are the plans tonight? I'm like, well, what's tonight? And I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot, it's New Year's Eve. I, I can't believe the year is almost over. If I talk this volume, are you guys good? Okay, all right. Uh, but I can't believe it, the year's almost over. Um, it's kind of interesting, something that uh, people have tur- uh, come to look forward to at the end of the year is that it's gone kind of trendy. I don't know, how many of you use Spotify? All right, and how many of you use Spotify? I, some of this crowd is like, what's Spotify? Um, something that's been trendy lately is what Spotify does. If you're not sure what Spotify is, it's a, it's a, a listening app. You know, you listen to music, podcasts, and so whatever. What they do is they get the data from, the data from throughout the year, and they tabulate your top lists, like your favorites of you're the, most, the, the artists you listen to the most, the music you listen to the most, right? And so that's become a very trendy thing and other uh, music apps have used this, uh, this thing of the end of the year lists, your top artists, your top music. And I'll, right, I'll, I'll kind of share mine. So this was mine, if you know me, this is like not a surprise. NF has been my, my, uh, one of my favorite artists. And so uh, he was not only my top artist, but like all the, my, the songs I listened to the most was his, and so I was like, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not, but I was like in the top 0.1% of like listeners, so I, I would say I listened to him a lot, you know. Um, he's a Christian, by the way, but anyways, I'm a sucker for like top lists. I don't know about you, right? When it comes to the end of year and stuff like that, lists, I'm a sucker for lists. If you give me a list of like the top five or the top 10 or something, I, I'll just like watch it. I don't care what it is, like movies, the top, whatever genres, top music. Um, lately, ever since being a dog owner, I've been into like the top 10 or top five dog breeds or the top five ways to do something like that, you know. Any list, I'll, I'll, I'm a sucker for it, I'll watch it, you know. I don't know about you if you're the same way. But looking back on this past year, Right, so, you know, you, you think of all the top things that may have happened. Think about the, the, the end of the year. How many of you would say this year was a good year? You don't have to raise your hands. Was this a good year? Was this a bad year? Maybe you look back and say, this was not a good year. How do we determine whether a year is good or not? Have you ever thought about it? What, what comes to our mind when we say this is a good or bad year? Perhaps you're gonna make your own list, right? The top, if you could list the top five most influential moments of 2023, what would you list? Were they good moments? Bad moments? Tragic moments? Traumatic moments? Were they inspirational moments, right? What would be in your top five or 10 most influential moments of this past year? Maybe it was moments of celebration. That was an influential moment in this year. Maybe it was moments of growth. Whether it was filled with good or bad, 
moments, right, throughout your year, whether it's filled with good or bad, was it a fruitful year? Was it a fruitful year? Or does it seem like it was just all a waste? Maybe by the end of the year, you think, what a waste of a year. If you remember a year ago, the beginning of last year, I challenged us with the theme of bearing fruit, right? That was the theme this year, of bearing fruit. And I wanna revisit that passage as we end the year. And I wanna challenge us to assess and inspect the fruit of this year. Do we have good fruit coming out of the year or not? I mentioned a year ago that bearing fruit is an expectation God has on his people, whether he was referring to Israel in the Old Testament or the church in the New Testament. God has expectation for his people to bear fruit. In other words, put your faith into action. Let there be evidence of relationship with him, relationship with God. We ought to bear fruit. There ought to be evidence of your faith in the Lord. So God has always expected his people to bear fruit because it's the power of God in our life, right? So we're gonna revisit that passage from last year. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. Now I believe I started in verse nine, but I'm gonna start today in verse three. Right after a sip. Now Paul is responding to reports that he has been given about the church in Colossae, okay? He's hearing about the believers, and so he's responding to the reports. Verse three, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even <clears throat> as it has been doing in you also, <coughs> excuse me, since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who was a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. So Paul is responding to the reports of what he heard of the church. How impactful is the word of God to you when you hear it? How much impact does the word of God have in your life? Does it have an immediate effect in you? Because what Paul is responding to, he's hearing from what the gospel has done with the believers at the church there, right? He tells them, we've heard about you. We've heard about your faith in Jesus, your love in the spirit, your love for the brethren, what a great reputation, right? That's a great thing to be, to be known for. Man, I've heard about your faith. I heard about your love for the Lord. I heard about your love for each other. But what seems to stand out to me, what sticks out to me when I read this, is the effect of the gospel on the believers. 
The effect of the gospel is that it's been fruitful and increasing ever since the first day they heard of the gospel. Ever since you heard of the gospel, we've been seeing that it's been bearing fruit and that fruit is increasing. You're growing because you heard the gospel. And it's really convicting because if we were to ask ourselves, how powerful of an effect does the gospel have on my life? Does it have such an effect, God's word has such an effect that when I hear it, my life is affected and it bears fruit and that fruit grows and matures. Look what he says in verse nine. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. So since hearing the reports, Paul and his co-workers had been praying for them. Ever since what I heard what the gospel has done in your lives, we have been praying for you. And Paul prays for two kind of concerns for the believers. He prays for what God will do in them, and he prays for what they will do in response to what God is doing in them. Two categories, right? Two categories of concerns. What God is going to do in them and what they will do in response to what God is doing in them, right? And you may not remember this, but a year ago, right, I broke down this prayer into those two categories and we focused on six verbs. I almost said six verbs. Six verbs, okay? Six verbs. All right, here's the first verb, right? Filled. You may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The second verb, you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. The third, bearing fruits in every good work. Four, increasing in the knowledge of God. Five, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously. And then the sixth one, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. And so of those six verbs and what Paul is saying, what we pray for you for, there's two categories in those things, okay? Those six categories, three of them are passive, passive verbs. In other words, those are actions done to them. They're not the ones doing the actions, but the actions are done to them. They are the recipient of the action. God is the agent of action in there, all right? So those are the passive verbs. And then the other three are active verbs. Those verbs are the ones that they are doing. They are the agent of action, okay? You kind of understand what I'm saying? Passive verbs, active verbs. Passive being what God is doing, and they are recipients of that action. And then the active verbs, they are the ones who are doing the action, Okay, The first passive verb, Paul prays that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That God would fill you with spiritual wisdom and understanding. These days, 
education is right at our fingertips, right? We have never lived in a time where education, information is just right at our fingertips. You go onto YouTube, you Google something, and you have all that information for you. It's almost like no excuse, right? It used to be you, you ask somebody, well, how do you do something? And you're like, I don't know. So you have to find an expert, someone you know, or call somebody through the yellow pages. Remember those days? Yellow pages to find out, get an expert. Now you just instantly YouTube it, you Google it, whatever it is, and you have information, right? You can take free online courses that used to cost hundreds or thousands of dollars to get that information. If you could pick the brain of somebody, who would you pick? Right, if you could pick the brain of an expert, who would you pick? Would it be like a, uh, a business genius? You pick someone who's built their empire. He's like, I want to pick the brain of someone who knows business. Maybe you choose like a tech giant mastermind. And you'll say, hey, I want to pick your brain. How did you come up with this idea? How did you know to do this? What were the steps you took to do that? Maybe it's a medical expert. You need to talk to that medical expert. Right, with all that information that's at our fingertips, and we, we, we are people that, who seek out information, who would you seek out? Paul, he says, I pray that you be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding and knowledge to know the will of God. Where does that rank on your list? That I want to know. I want to have spiritual wisdom and knowledge and understanding from God. You may think, well, Pastor Mike, I don't think that'll make much money. How much money is that going to make me to seek out God's spiritual wisdom and knowledge? What is that going to do for my business? What is that going to do for my health? What is that going to do for my family? What is that going to do for fill in the blank? Oh, I'll tell you. I would rather have an understanding, spiritual understanding of wisdom from God than from flawed people. I'd rather say, God, I want you to help me to understand. How should I see my circumstances? How should I understand where my life is right now? How should I understand the world that's going around in this moment? Can you give me wisdom that you see, that you understand, that you know? Now, don't get me wrong. That can come from other people. That, that's true. God can use other people. But the source of the wisdom do we value that as much as maybe those other experts that we would seek out? Do we desire to be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, to seek God's wisdom? James 1, chapter 5 says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, what? Let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. God says, if you want wisdom, ask. 
Ask in faith. You want to know when in a circumstance, Lord, how should I see this? What should I do? Do you seek after God or do you seek out the experts in a magazine or on a website? Right? We always value the insight of different people. But how much do we value seeking God's wisdom? Notice Paul's emphasis of the knowledge of God. In the second verb, increasing in the knowledge of God. In other words, growing in the knowledge of God. <coughs> Paul prays that they'll be filled with the knowledge and that they're growing in the knowledge of God. See, we're const- we, we are constant learners, Right? We're either active learners, maybe you set out to learn information, you go to school, when you get to college, you pick a major, or maybe you go to grad school, that you are actively trying to learn something. You go onto YouTube, you go into whatever it is, you wanna learn something. But we're also passive learners also, right? We learn from things that we experience. We didn't like set out to do it, but we learn from the experience that we have. And see, God is constantly wanting to teach us, not only in what we actively seek out, but also what we have experienced throughout the year. He's constantly wanting to teach us that we would increase in the knowledge of God. And if you're to look back at this past year, what have you learned? Now, I'm sure this is only New Year's Eve, right? You maybe not have spent a whole lot of time thinking about this. And you may spend the rest of 24 thinking about what you learned from 23. I mean, I look back from five years ago, 10 years ago, and I think of what I learned, right? But thinking about the past year, has God been trying to teach you something about him? Teaching you something about yourself, something about life. And you may not have realized it, but you're, 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 you're going through and you've gone through and you've been through a year and we're entering a new year Has God been teaching you something? Or he's trying to get you to learn something that you haven't quite been ready to say, okay, God, I'm listening. I'm hearing what you have to say. And some of this, the tricky part is learning the right lessons too. Right, sometimes we go through an experience of, well, I've learned my lesson. I will never talk to this person again. Or what I learned is that my parents... They just don't understand. Or my kids, they're just troublemakers. That's my lesson for the year. No, 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 no. I take a step back, right? The tricky part is to say, God, I want your wisdom, your knowledge, to help me to learn what I need to learn. What I went through this past year, what do I need to learn from this past year? Not only does God want to give you knowledge, but he also wants to strengthen. It says, strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously. He wants to strengthen and empower you. Remember the uh, old commercials? A particular battery used a pink bunny all right, so now I know the age of the congregation, those who recognize this. This particular battery had a slogan, right? It keeps, what, going and going and going. This Energizer Bunny 
would be able to beat the drum and keep going and going and going, right? That was the slogan. That was the commercial. You ever gotten a cool toy when you're a kid? You open it, you got so excited, but it needed batteries. And the person who got you the gift did not give you the batteries also. How frustrating was that? It just came with the stock battery that died as soon as you opened the gift, right? I don't know how they do it, but they managed to time it just enough, right? That was so frustrating as a kid. You got something that needed power, but there was no source of power for it to turn out to do whatever it's supposed to do. Nowadays, you just plug it into the USB or whatever, right? You're all spoiled. We're all spoiled these days. God says, or Paul's saying, he prays that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. To his glorious might. Not our strength. How many times in this past year did we try to be strong enough? I just need to be strong enough. I'm just going to be able to take care of this myself. I'm going to prove that I can be strong enough and able enough to do whatever, to overcome whatever. Right? So we rely on our own strength. We try to prove to ourselves and how much of our uh, of time in this past year did we really make things harder on ourselves because we tried to be strong enough for ourselves? How often have we felt like giving up this year because we didn't have enough strength? How many of us became so impatient we lacked joy because in the moment we didn't have the strength to overcome whatever's going on? So we just kind of resigned to that. But Paul says, I pray that you will be strengthened with all power and might, all power according to his glorious might. That's the power source we want to have. We want God's power and strength. It's gonna go on and on and on. There is no expiration date for God's strength and power. And it covers all circumstances. So he says, I want you to be able to be filled with all knowledge, spiritual wisdom. I want that to increase and grow. And that God would strengthen you all things that God does in the believer. What does he pray that we would do? How we would respond? What are our action verbs? He says so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. You would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So he says that, praise that you'll be filled with all the knowledge of his will so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You need to be filled with the knowledge of his will, <coughs> excuse me, his will so that you can walk in a worthy manner. Why? So that you can be pleasing to the Lord. How much of our time this year did we say, Lord, I want to be pleasing to you? 2023 was some pretty confusing times, right? If you don't have the Lord in your life, man, it is confusing times. People are confused about who they are, who they are created to be. 
try to figure out what's going on in the world, all the trends, all the global things going on, all this stuff. This is some pretty confusing times if you're not rooted in the word of God. If you're not plugged in, if you will, with God and say, Lord, let me, or God, help me to understand and know what's going on. When I look in the mirror, help me to understand what you see. How do you see me? How do you understand me? What did you create me to be? It's so important for us to be pleasing to God. And our lives would be so much simpler. Think about this past year. How much of your year would have been so much simpler if you would have said, God, I just want to please you. I don't want to set out to always having to please my desires, what I want in the moment, all my impulses, and what everybody else is doing, what everybody else wants me to do, wants me to be. God, can I just be pleasing to you? How would you want me to be? I think our lives would be so much simpler because we're not chasing the crowds and the masses and the media and all that stuff, but we're simply saying sitting and resting like, God, all right. How can I please you? The second action verb, bearing fruit in every good work. When we put our faith into action, we see the fruits of our actions. When we set out to be pleasing to God, our actions will follow. And the fruits will be evident. It'll be seen in our life, not in ourselves also, but in other people. Perhaps you experienced that before. You haven't seen somebody in a while and they look at you and say, you know, there's something different about you. You're not talking like you used to. Or you have a count, there's something about your countenance. Is the makeup you said? No, no, I don't know what it is. Your countenance seems brighter. Your face doesn't look as heavy and weighed down. As we put our faith into action, our knowledge of God increases as well. We grow in the knowledge of God. When we desire to say, God, I wanna be pleasing to you, in our life, we will realize that our life is changing and we are growing in the knowledge of God. We are maturing in his knowledge and wisdom. The third action verb says, giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. Speaking of lists, can we make a list of things that we are thankful for God of this past year? I don't know if you've done that yet. How often do we fail to acknowledge God, right? When, you, when, we, when your parents, <coughs> we teach our kids please and thank you, right? Or hopefully you do, right? Thank you. Being thankful is not just acknowledging someone did something, right? It's a condition of the heart, being thankful. It's an it's a action of humility and recognizing someone did something for you and you appreciate what they did for them. Of this past year, what are you thankful for? You may, again, you may say, Pastor Mike, you may be thinking right now, you don't know the year I had. You don't know the year I had. I can't think of anything to be thankful for God. I'd rather this year to have never have happened. Or I'm ready for the next year. In fact, next year's probably gonna be like this year. So I have nothing to be thankful for, right? Maybe you're thinking that. Doesn't mean we have to like what we experienced, right? You don't have to have like enjoyed 
the suffering that you may have experienced or the hardship you may experience. It doesn't mean you have to be like so happy, like, oh man, I can't believe I experienced what I did. That was so fun. Not really, but I have to think that way. No, right? The thankfulness and joy is in the Lord who is with you in those times. The thankfulness and joy is in the Lord who can redeem the most horrific circumstances. The thankfulness and joy is in the Lord that did not leave you when many would or many did. See, the thankfulness and joy isn't in just the experience of the circumstances. But if you look back on the year, perhaps you can see that God was with you in those moments and in those times. And that he can redeem the most trying circumstances. And if you don't believe that, I want to challenge you. If it's not a testament for you now, there are so many people who testify of what God has done in them through such trying circumstances. And that they've come through that and they look back and say, I am so thankful that God was there with me through these times, that God has shown me through these times, that God has brought something good out of a dark moment in time. And I believe that the more we're able to see what we ought to be thankful for, the clearer we'll be able to see the Lord's hand in our life. I'll say that again. The more we're able to see what we ought to be thankful for, the clearer we'll be able to see God's hand in our life, right? Think about how many of you struggle to get a Christmas gift for somebody this year? Any of you? Struggle to find, like, what do I get this person for Christmas? I don't know what they want. They didn't tell me, right? Maybe you, you struggle to know what to give that person because throughout the year, you didn't take the time to listen, to observe, and to see or know that person, what they need or what they want, right? Parents, maybe you have that problem with your kid. Uh, usually, maybe it's like the husband with the, the, the mom. What do we give them for Christmas? You know, I don't know what to give them. You're the gift, you're the gift giver, right? Because moms, they, have, they just hear, they know, like, ooh, Christmas gift idea. Ooh, Christmas gift idea, right? Husbands or wives, I don't know if you had that problem this year. What do I get my spouse? Whatever it is. Perhaps... We didn't spend enough time to, to know the person and what they want or need. So maybe next year, so start like now, right? Getting to know that person and be in tune. Oh, what, what, do you, what would you like? Oh, okay, and write it down or whatever it is so that by the end of the year, you know that person, you know what kind of gift to get, right? We can't expect to know God's will for us if we don't care to know him more either. Right? We can't expect to know God's will for us if we don't really care to know him more throughout the rest of the time. Does that make sense? Right? We get in a panic prayer, God, help me, I need to know what to do. Tell me what to do in this moment. But all that time, whatever, you just kind of dismiss God, you didn't read his Bible, you don't want to read the word, you're not giving much attention until the moment you need him. That crisis moment is Christmas Eve, I don't know what to get right? We have to desire to know him 
God, I don't only want to, I don't just want to know what I ought to do or how I ought to understand things. I want to know you more. I want to understand what you see. I want to understand what you desire. I want to understand what your will is, how you see things. That's what I want. God enables us with all we need to bear fruit and live a life worthy of him. But we must desire and commit to doing so. We have to want to bear fruit for him. We have to want to increase the knowledge of him. And it's not about just trying to be the best person you can be. A lot of people think that way, even Christians, right? I'm just gonna try to be the best person I can be. Look, even if you're a Christian, you try to be the best person you're be, you're gonna, you're gonna fall on your face, right? It's not about what you are able to do, even of yourselves. Notice what Paul says, what God is gonna do in you, fill you with, increase, grow you with, strengthen you with. That is what I can be the power source for you, the knowledge and all this that I will give to you. Now you carry it out. You walk, you live in a manner worthy of me. You bear fruit. Put what you hear, your faith, into action. Be thankful for what I have done for you. What's amazing is that God, the whole Godhead, the Father, Son, and Spirit is all involved in what he's doing in us. Right, in John chapter 15, Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of it unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot live in a manner worthy of God outside of Christ. The Holy Spirit's involved in Galatians chapter 5, 22. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. That's 5, 16, 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So bearing fruit... It's not simply just doing good things, but bearing fruit is putting into action what the Holy Spirit is doing in us, what God is teaching in us, what God is doing through us, whether we're actively pursuing it and learning or whether we are learning through circumstances, God working in us. So something to end, to marinate over. 2023 wrapped. That's just supposed to be wrapped. It says unwrapped. We can unwrap 2023. What does our 2023 wrapped look like? Based on the data of the year, what's your top things of the year? What fruit did it produce? What kind of fruit did your 2023 produce? I've mentioned... I enjoy fruit, fruit that's sweet and juicy, right? We, always, we all like that. And it's also very disappointing to me when I, get a, a, I buy some fruit and it looks really good in the store. 
and you cut it up or you peel it or whatever, you bite into it and it's sour. It looked good, but it's sour. It's tasteless or bitter or dry. Maybe you're looking at your, your year and you're thinking, man, I don't know what the fruit is. The fruit is all dry. It's sour. It's bitter. The, maybe the bad seems to outweigh the good, right? Maybe that's how you describe your year. What happened? What happened in your year? What were the effects of the year? But how does God want me to learn from it? What can God do through the year? Because see, here's the great thing. Your year may have been filled with bitterness, trying circumstances, hardship, And to you, maybe that means your year was bad and that it was a sour thing. But what's amazing what God can do, because he could take those dark, bitter, terrible moments, but he can bear, he could bring about sweet fruit. He can bring about something that's trying in the moment that's not good in the moment, but out of it can come sweet fruit. You could come out of it, and it's not saying that you're gonna enjoy or be thankful that something may have happened, per se, but the fruit that comes out of it can be sweet. God can redeem through those times. That's when we say, God, fill me, with your knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding. May I grow in your knowledge, and may I be thankful so that I can understand and see and look back on my past year and say, God, I see what you're doing. Or God, help me to see what I need to learn, what I need to understand for the coming year. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord God, we come before you and Lord, I know there are many in here who experience a very trying year. I know that um, many struggled, still struggling. They enter a new year with the struggles of the past year. But Lord, I pray that you would fill them with all spiritual wisdom (coughs) and understanding that they would increase in the knowledge of God and that you would strengthen them with your glorious might so that they may be steadfast patient with joy. I pray for those who are struggling right now, that Lord, you would help them to see with your eyes their situation. Help them to understand with your wisdom, Lord. And that if there is actions to do, 
things to follow up on, that things that they have to do, that Lord, you would give them wisdom to know what to do, that they may be pleasing to you, God. It may not be pleasing to their employer. It may not be pleasing to other people. But Lord, may they do what is pleasing to you. We thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness and your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and let's worship.